so excited to uh, introduce this segment to you because this is a new thing that we're doing with the podcast, which is live coaching calls with y'all, which is so fun. We're doing some business audits, some revenue audits, um, and helping some photographers and creatives who apply through the website to um, solve a money or business problem in their business. So today we have Allison with us who is running a wedding photography business in a rural town in upstate New York. And we're looking at ways to increase her revenue without raising her pricing too much because she feels like she's really in line with where her clients are in her area. She doesn't want to travel. Um, And we talk through a lot of this and we kind of show you the process of how we figure out what her goals need to be, how we can hone in on getting that revenue for her. So I hope that you enjoy the process. We're going to be having a bunch of different ones. Um, So price raises, getting more clients, Um, If you're trying to get ready to retire, we want to have a huge uh, range of coaching style episodes like this. So if you think that you would be a good fit for one of these episodes, you can go ahead and apply. There's a link to apply in the show notes. So we would love to have you. We can't do every single person that applies, but we are having the best time recording these episodes. So thanks for tuning in and would love to hear what you think after you have a second to listen. So Thanks, Allison, for being on today's episode, and here is our conversation. Okay, so there's only a few. You're in a small rural town. How far are you yeah. from, like, a, what's the closest big city? How far away is that? Um, I am about eight hours from New York City. I am way up north on the Canadian border for maybe a stone's throw away from Canada. Okay. And then, realistically, I'm traveling about two hours, which would be, like, 150 to 160 miles for like a big city wedding. Okay. Most of my clients are like backyard. Um, We do have a few wedding venues, not many, but it's mostly like rustic barns and stuff that are retrofitted into wedding venues. Okay. But most people are kind of hosting events at their home. Yeah. In an outdoor location. Yes. Yeah. Most, I would say... 50% of my clients are either backyard weddings or um, like family property weddings. Yeah. Do you have any desire to travel for weddings or do you really like staying local? Um, I, my previous job, I was traveling a lot and I love to travel, but it's a lot more fun now traveling for myself versus for work. (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah, but I, I like, I don't mind road tripping. Um, I don't mind doing a destination wedding if it's something that fits like where I want to like travel to. (laughs) So I'm open to it, but I'm not, I'm not pushing it whatsoever. I would like to stay local just because I do have family ties and I don't want to be too far away and miss out on stuff. Right. Yeah. So in your mind, what is like ideal year for you what are you making are you staying you're staying close to home how many weddings how many other shoots like what would be ideal for you yeah um so my i hit my goal for this year i'm shooting i'm lead shooting 20 weddings and then either associate shooting or um kind of like second shooting six weddings so i have 26 weddings this year which is like every other weekend and it's a little overwhelming <laughs> so yeah. Um, but I, this is only my official second year in business. 
That's so amazing. I'm, yeah, which is in and I love I love what I do. Like I think that I'm in the point of my business where I'm growing a little bit too fast, which is mm-hmm. a huge blessing, but it's also a little bit overwhelming for the back end of stuff just to like you know not know if I'm hitting my like cost of doing business correctly and that stuff. So Um, I've really tried to hone in on that in the past four months of like the beginning of this year, the quarter one of being like, where do I want to be next year? So my goal for next year is to bring it down to 15 weddings. Um, But obviously that'll be at a little bit higher price point than what it is for this year. So it'll be pretty much on par with earnings, but less work, if that makes sense. Okay. What's your what's your reason for wanting less weddings? Like what kind of drives you to cut it down a little bit? Um, I really think that it's just work-life balance. I hustled really hard in the like first five years of my 20s and I burnt out in corporate. <laughs> and so yeah. I wanted to do something for my own. And this has just grown so exponentially, which is a huge blessing. Like, I don't want to say that, like, I regret any of it because I I totally do um, love what I do and who I do it for. But I am wanting to still have those weekends where, like, I am not thinking about business or I'm not thinking, like, oh, you know, do I need to turn this into a photo shoot in order to make bills? Like, bills are covered. Don't stress. Don't say yes just because... I have free time, like that free time set aside for myself. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I think that that's my huge drive of like needing to scale it back. (laughs) Do you have, what's your family situation look like? Do you have a partner? Do you have kids? Yep, I'm I'm married. Um, He is also a photographer, videographer too. Um, Not in the wedding industry. He's in a separate industry, but he does work with me on some weddings um, that he's available. So it's fun. Like I'm still with him, but again, we're working. (laughs) Um, And we have a dog. And then I'm really close with my family and I um, I have my dad and brother run their own business. Uh, we have a large dairy farm and then my mom is retired with, and then my brother has two kids too that I love to see and grow. And like, so the summertime where we live, we're constantly out on the boat and doing family things. And like my hesitation of wanting to keep like building and building is just because like I'm missing out on those. And they're only like, I mean, you know, kids, <laughs> they grow up so fast that you don't want to miss out on those moments of like them catching their first fish. And like, granted, they're not my kids whatsoever, <laughs> but still. But still, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I want to be there for those moments. And I don't want to be seeing that through a cell phone photo or video. So that's my my goal to have that work-life balance. Yeah. I love that. Um, One of the things that we love working through with people is kind of starting with the lifestyle that you really want to have, starting with when you want to take time off, how many weekends off a month do you want and almost working backwards to build those goals from there. So it's knowing that you want to have a lot of your weekends off in June, because that's when the family's in town and you just want to be fishing or whatever. Yeah. Knowing that, okay, if I make 30,000 a year, I've covered our expenses. If I make 40,000 a year, I can take our family on a vacation or whatever. It's like having those kind of like how much we want to make too. So if you could just like start from scratch, how many we like, what are some examples of how many weekends off would you want a year? 
what would you want your year and your week to look like, do you think? Realistically, I would probably want, with the exception of like November to February in my area, we are snowed in. We can't do anything anyways. November (laughs) to February, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So um, that is way too, like that's just, I have an eight months year. And then out of those eight months, I, this year, I blocked off one weekend every month. And then I blocked off every Tuesday, like the entire year. So um, whether that's like personal or yeah, I just got to do more, I think. <laughs> um, and so, but I have a week vacation in July that I take with my in-laws Um, so that's blocked off, but like, it's, I think it's the guilt of blocking those weekends off and like shutting everything off and like not doing anything versus like, okay, work from home weekends. I think that that's where I'm getting caught up in the, I don't take time off. I just force myself to do computer and backend work. Yeah. Yeah. Why do you, so I do, um, oh oh, oh, gosh, we can like totally get into that. (laughs) Um, no, I think that like a lot of it is just like the, I mean, being in the, the wedding industry, like there's no guarantee and there's no like structured, I get paid X amount every week and coming from corporate to, to that it's very different. So I'm constantly like second guessing of like the the pay structure and that stuff. And, you know, that's just kind of, I think that I'm not in business long enough to know that like that's covered no matter what. Like if I don't have four months of income when it's winter, I'm going to make up for it. I just have to get through those four months kind of thing. So I think that that's where I have like huge guilt of not actually taking time off and like to myself. Um, but next year I'm going to force myself to get over that. <laughs> yeah. yeah what, but are you, I, what are you doing for those winter months? Do you stockpile money to save for those months? Do you have another revenue stream in the winter? What's what you're, what are you um, currently doing? And maybe what do you ideally want to be doing? <laughs> um, I don't actually have like steady income in those couple of months. I do like Christmas minis and those like give me enough to go through like a full month. Um, but realistically it's really just like balancing my savings and making sure that it's banked. Um, I used to work in the finance world. So like, I understand bookkeeping and that stuff. So it's really just like my own insecurities of like getting over that hump of not having structured income. So you like, you do all the right things. You set aside the money for the winter, but you still beat yourself up. up, up oh, for it. sure. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> I'm working through it. I promise I have a therapist. We're, we're talking through it. Um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely like, I know what I'm doing is correct. It's just that I think it's the huge like mindset of going from corporate to um, self-employed and like not having that necessarily like structure or guarantee that I used to have working in corporate, which is such a weird mindset. I I love it, but it is very, it is messed up. (laughs) Yeah. And that just causes you kind of to overperform all the time. I think a lot of us relate to that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I must work every second because it'll just go away tomorrow. Right. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. And that's where I think that like, 
everything that I have really like researched and like kind of like done my inner work is just going to come with time and having that stability in time. But it's, it's just, yeah, I don't know how else to explain it. Like, I know it's, I know it's there, but it's not in my head. Yeah. Do you, being in the finance world, do you do cash flow projections for yourself? Things like that. Do you know like what's coming yeah. in different months of the year? Yeah. Yeah. I think um, like my earnings now are double what I was making in corporate. So realistically, it's it's fine. Um, but the I think having so much knowledge of the background of the finance is almost what's like, ooh, if I just did this one more wedding, like it could be X amount of dollars extra that like I could put into house projects or like those or I could take a trip or, you know, and instead it's like, okay, I'm fine. And telling myself like, I'm fine. I'm covered. I don't need to really go through all of this stress for absolutely nothing. Like I'm okay saying no. And I think what, saying happens no. you, what happens when you do take on those extra things? Are you like, Ooh, this is fun. Or are you like, I now am overwhelmed and exhausted and not sure why I did this? Exactly. The latter. <laughs> like I, yeah, I kick myself a lot, but it's, I never would have known that like I went from two weddings in 2021 to now having 26 in 2023. I mean, that's a huge growth, which is, yeah. Um, but it's, it's just, it's grown so fast that I got to catch up on the back end, and especially the mindset of like where I am at now versus those two weddings. Totally. Yeah, Yeah. totally. That's a lot to adjust to quickly. We see that with clients a lot when we're coaching that when there's fast growth, it's almost like you, your nervous system can't catch up soon. And you're, you're almost like trying to get rid of money in some ways, or you, it's easy to like blow it or push it away. Or I don't know. It's like we, we just, we haven't expanded at this slower level to where we've gotten comfortable with it. And so some of it is just like being patient with ourselves as we kind of like recalibrate, you know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly that. And that's where I'm at that like inside is just constant like frazzleness and outside I'm like, no, I literally have it. It's covered. (laughs) So kind of merging those two together and being like that mindset is where I'm, I think that I'm struggling the most. Yeah, totally. Well, to backtrack a little bit, because, you know, I think when we have a really strong foundation in why we're moving towards goals, it does help us set some of those boundaries, helps us raise our prices, helps us ask for more, helps us say no. Like if you're someone that has a hard time saying no, like me, (laughs) then, you know, some of that helps us say no. So I love to do this core values exercise with, with coaching clients to kind of help like ground you in what really matters. So um, some questions just to like think out loud on are what is, what's one of your favorite things about your life? Like what's something you just could spend so much time doing something, a relationship, a mm-hmm. place, what's something in your life you just love? I can only pick one. Um, I love like hanging, just doing anything with my husband and our dog, like whether that's like going for a hike, doing stuff in the yard, cooking dinner on the grill, like just having that time where we're unplugged 
not doing anything and just like hanging out. I think that that's, yeah, that's definitely like my happy place in that little bubble. (laughs) I love that. Yeah. Like outside campfire. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Is this schedule pretty flexible as well? Um, to an extent, um, from basically middle of August to December 1st, he is busy every day, all day. Um, so he works as a hunting guide and a videographer, photographer for, um, a local lodge. So he's out with clients basically 24 seven. We maybe see each other like four to five hours a day. And that's also my busiest wedding season too. So it's kind of like, sometimes it's really just in passing. Um, but from the other like end of, so like basically January to August, um, it's really just kind of preparing. So it's, it's not structured. There's no like routine on it. Um, which is basically the same as my schedule for that point. Cause that's, I don't really get busy until June. So June to August, he works with me on weddings mm-hmm. and then, um, basically January to June is really just like our time to do like our thing. And, um, whether we pick up odd jobs or stuff too, kind of just yeah. depends on the day. Totally. Yeah. Okay. So you kind of have to think of your personal life and your work in big seasonal chunks, right? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Everything is, um, once August 1st hit, it's hunting season and wedding season. And you ask us to do anything, you have to ask us two years in advance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> totally. Okay, cool. So family, downtime, like peace, those kind of things are really important. Yeah. Yeah. What's um what's a piece of your personality that you love the most about yourself? Like what's something you really value in yourself and in other people? Mm, I love that I'm very personable. I thrive on human interaction. Um, and I just love having those personal connections with so many different groups of people, so diverse like mindsets and that stuff. Um, so I really love which is a great job to be in. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I really love just like learning about other people and like making connections in that way. So I think that like what I love about myself is that I'm a people person and I, th- I would say that that's a positive attribute. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. To introverts, my husband's a huge introvert and I'm a huge extrovert. So we really balance each other out in that um, standpoint, but I just love connecting with other people. Yeah, totally. Um, and what would be a moment in your personal life and a moment in your professional life that you felt super fulfilled? Mm. Um, I mean, I can definitely pinpoint like the wedding that I had that I adored the couple. I adored everything about their wedding. Like they are the couple that I built my ideal client off of. And yeah in that moment, like on the way home, it was just like thinking about it. I'm like, just tears of like, this is just a crazy, crazy feeling of just knowing that that is what I'm going to compare the rest of my saying yes to projects. If they don't give me that like happy feeling of meeting that person and that couple, then I'm going to probably say like, you're better off with XYZ person sort of thing. 
So okay, let's hone in on that a little bit. What okay. made what made that couple so different for you? Do you think like how did they? Yeah, what what stood out of me yeah. making that difference? Um, it it was just like the perfect um the 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 groom was exactly like the same personality as my husband and then the bride was like the exact same personality as me we had so many similarities we just vibed it was very laid back but it was very family oriented which i think is very much so like my core values of like i'm super laid back but like family is important. Friends are important. It was a ton of fun. It just was, I I don't, I don't know how else to describe it. When you meet those people, you're just like, yep, like these are my people through and through. Like I would do anything for them. They would do anything for me. (laughs) Um, and it really just, it just, it fit. Um, and I also think that it was coming off of the weekend before that was a, a wedding that like, I booked right when I first started and it was before I knew so much more about myself and my business and they just were, it was, it was not my people. I didn't enjoy, like I enjoyed the wedding. Like, I don't want to say that I didn't, but it just, it was so different from where like I want to take my business to. And it was so, um, yeah, it just, it just was not, my cup of tea <laughs> and and it was perfectly them but it just was not like I did not want to do that again every day for the rest of my life whereas the other one you just knew if I did a wedding like that every weekend I I would be so thrilled yeah yeah, yeah. it was like the difference between an alignment of values and a misalignment right yes for sure for like, sure y'all are lovely but we don't value the same things and that can feel so like um you can feel so much tension when you're in that place yeah and I think that it's so much more of like I I know that like I'm doing my business so much more for other people and their memories and their recollection of the day um, but it's so much more of like, if I am in my comfort zone, like I see so much more of the behind the scenes moments and the candids and like, and the other one, it just felt like everyone was staring at me and so stiff and rigid. And I'm like, like, I'm a people person. You can do whatever you want in front of me. I'm not going to judge you. Just be yourself. And I think that knowing that and having that comparison has taught me so much more of like where I want to go and vetting people of, um, you know, this wedding day is just as much for you guys. And I want you to have the final product that you are going to talk about for years and years and years to come and brag about those photos and, and do that. And having those, that knowledge of what type of people really allow for that to happen. Totally. Yeah. I mean, I think we, because we're photographers and because we know we're providing a service for other people, we often think that that means we have to just do what they want or just do things a certain way or everything can change based on the couple. And I'm with you. I had a moment earlier in my career where I realized I was creating epic work for my friends when my friends hired me. Yeah. And I was like, why can't I? I was like, I need to be able to provide this for all of my clients, not just my friends. So how do I make that happen? And I think that hit on a core value similar to the one you're talking about of if you can design your client experience 
design the way that you vet your clients in a way that you can um, create that connection. Yeah. You're creating your best work for them. They're having the best experience. Like it's very much a co-creative experience when we're we're photographing someone. For sure. For sure. And needing them to be able to be vulnerable in order for me to capture those. I think that that that's huge because I can't force you to do that, but kind of, not necessarily coaching them to know that without being like, Hey, can you just, just like wiggle it out? I don't know. (laughs) I don't know how to kind of recreate that in in an exact replica yet. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I do think leading by example is a huge thing with vulnerability. And when we base our whole business off of our own core values and what we really value. And that bleeds into our marketing and into our sales practices and into everything that's on your website and everything that you share. And um, it can be a slower process, but as people hear more of your heart, it connects with something that's deep inside of them as well. And I think you'll just start seeing more of that, more of those type of clients coming your way when you're wearing it on your sleeve a little bit, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm hoping that it'll come with time. <laughs> and that's where like, I, I like, I have to come back to like, I'm only two years in business. So it's really, it's still so new and raw that like, I don't have those exact avenues that like, I know when you know, kind of thing. Yeah. And I think that that's where I'm, I'm selling myself a little bit short of like giving it time instead of the urgency. Well, and And I think a lot of times creating those deep connections comes with taking some kind of scary marketing risks, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, to attract ideal clients. You're also pushing away someone else, you know, and not in a mean way, but it's like you're, you're attracting and repelling when you start creating really strong marketing messages of, you know, this wedding, we just loved it. They were about family. They were about, you know, you get to really talk about what your clients are about, what you're about, and that's not going to fit with everybody. And so I think like some of that getting courageous and vulnerable, it takes yeah. time, but it also just like takes some, takes some balls for a second. Yeah. <laughs> be like, all right, let's go. Like, let's put it out there that like, this is what I'm here to do. Um, and be a little bit extra brave about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm not there yet. I I will take that and soak that in and let that like marinate okay. for a little while. <laughs> okay. Okay. You know, I know, I know it is, it is scary. Okay. But I think um, we are starting to get to something as far as building a framework for what we're going to jump into with your pricing as we start okay. looking at numbers and things like that. So I wrote down family connection, friends, intentionality, and fun. Does that sound pretty like yeah. connected to your core values? Yeah. yeah, that's that's straight up. Like when I redid my branding, that's, yep. Fun was number one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. So let's look at your year because you're designing your life in seasons and in chunks. So what would be the first season for you? Is it that um, December to March? Like, is it winter or when? Do, what's what's Yeah. Season? I would say um, December to March is really like my, um, that's like my back end personal time of like getting um, everything done. Um, I still have like photo shoots here and there. So I don't want to say that there's, there's nothing in those months, but where we live, it's like straight 20 below zero for four months. So (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Um, And 
uh yeah i think that that's like really quarter quarter one is really just like back end getting everything squared away for the next year and is this also has hunting season end ended by december um yes ish okay. <laughs> um i it's a lot less of time away from the house uh for my husband i would say that could change so i'm kind of just as much as we are building our life separately both of our businesses are are in the exponential growth standpoint so we've both given each other time to really just build it up and bring it back down once once a month ish one one weekend a month is like set a time for like sacred just us our time yeah 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 but maybe also in this december to march season too right there might be a little bit more time for some of that yeah um i'm trying to think like if i'm comparing it to last year um he was traveling in the midwest for two weeks and then he was in uh, another hunting trip for another two weeks ish. So realistically, it's like a month out of those four months, which is nothing to us, basically. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Such an interesting, like you know, way of living. I love it. It's such a different dynamic. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. Okay, so for this season, December mm-hmm. to March, if we are looking at the core values of family, connection, friends, intentionality, and fun. Let's pick a business goal. So this is your back-end personal time or back-end time for your business. What are we going to work on on the back-end of your business? A personal goal for you and then a relational goal for the family and friends and things that really value you value. Okay. So what do you want to do with those time as far as those three goals? Let's start with um, for, uh Sorry, what was that? Which one? You want to start with the business one? Yeah. Um, so my business one, that's when I redo all of my brochures. Um, I go through my pricing structure. Um, and just because I'm, I'm going through like my year end finance stuff. So I know like what I need to change for next year to hit my goals. Um, and then a lot of just like updating websites. Um, although I didn't get that done this year, it's still on my list. <laughs> um, but all the backend business of just making sure that all the links still work and that stuff, um, update my SEO, update my Google business profile, all of that stuff. Um, that's my business for that one, one quarter, which sounds like a lot, but it's really not. Are you doing anything revenue producing in the winter? Are you booking weddings for the rest of the year? Are you selling products or albums or anything like that? Um, I actually don't have any um, products or albums. That is my big goal for this year to start implementing that. Yeah, I um, don't have enough steady income for those to say that it's really just income um it's mainly here and there um and it's pretty much break even just because i would have to rent a studio for that so okay cool so not a ton of money coming in Mm -mm. with the bookings for the rest of the year or anything like that do you want to change that or are you okay with the ebb and flow of things i don't know that answer i think that i am okay with it um but I don't necessarily know if that is a long-term okay with it. Yeah. 
it's okay yeah. for you to change your mind, you know, like yeah. in seasons, it might work. You're like, listen, I work really hard in the summer and I save for the winter. And there might come a time where you're like, I want to know that there's a certain amount coming in each month. And, and if, and when you change to that, I usually encourage people towards um, using more payment plans with their clients. So there's consistent revenue each month, potentially starting some passive income streams, and then also um, having a having a um, retainer client, like someone yeah. that you're doing maybe some different type of photography work for that's not quite so seasonal through the through the winter. Yeah, no, that's definitely um, good points. I just I um, I think the burnout last year really I didn't want to do anything. <laughs> yeah. So I think that. Um, I'm definitely going to have to move to those within the next, uh, if not this year, next year, I will definitely have to figure something out. Um, but I think that for the time that I am right now, like, I think that I'm not quite ready to move to the passive income and other revenue streams and that stuff just yet. That's great self-awareness. And honestly, it's like, there's, there's no right or wrong answer. It's what you what you feel like you need. So, you know, first season of my life, I was very anxious about money. And so I built some revenue streams that were more consistent. And then there's others where I have more tolerance for kind of the highs and lows. And then there's some where I have a ton of energy certain parts of the year and just no energy the rest of the year. And I think when we like start seeing those patterns in ourselves, then we can we can plan accordingly. So I love that you've done that and you've given yeah. yourself like a three month sabbatical in the winter. That's amazing. <laughs> I know. It sounds so like, I like to the outside world, like we are our own little bubble. Like it gets so cold. Like there are weeks that I, like we do not leave our house because yeah. it just, you freeze the moment you go outside. And that's where, um, I just don't want to commit myself to doing anything because I truly hibernate in those few months and just sit at my computer and do everything. So, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, there are some revenue producing options that you're just sitting at your computer too. So, but you know, you know, your own energy level, if you're just like, then I don't want to talk to anybody. I want to be able to work a couple hours a day and then take a nap the rest of the day. Then like, yeah, let's give you kind of a, you know, three month sabbatical. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Let's move on to personal goals. What are like, what is this time for you? I think a lot of it is for those four months is where I do a lot of my like personal growth of like, I get back in touch with my personal therapist and like, I go through so much self-worth. I read like 25 books in those months, like just so much of just me time and like really honing into like allowing myself that space without having the guilt of not necessarily working when I know that I can't. So um, personally, I definitely think that like, I don't want anything to change in those months, like so much self growth and so much self work of like where I want to be for the next eight months. Kind yeah. of thing. So you're yeah. really happy with kind of your goals for that season. Yeah. Yeah. And that's definitely something that like, I'm not going to change. <laughs> um, I know that those boundaries have to be put up for my own sanity. And um, I think that that has allow, allowed myself as a person to grow, not necessarily in like 
yeah, not changing that. Totally. <laughs> sort of no, I love yeah. that. I love this. Okay. Yeah. What about relational goals? I mean, my husband and I are pretty strong, but I definitely think that in the next, like the rest of this year, as well as the next coming years, I think that we really need to allow ourselves to have those unplugged moments and those times where we're really just valuing the connection between the two of us. Um, but we're both right in the hustle of it. So I think that that's, and that is something that we've, we've talked about extensively. So that's not new to anybody, but we really need to allow ourselves that like value and connection of our own like sacred space sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. If you had just a blowout year financially, what would you, what would you invest in to allow yourself that space? Would you go on a trip? Would you turn off the phones and stay at home and order DoorDash every night? Like what would that time look like for you and your, um, it would look very different for if I got to choose it versus if he got to choose it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, no, we, we bought a house a year and a half ago. So a lot of it would be just into house projects and just getting this like to be our little safe zone. Yeah. Yeah. So he would say, pays Netflix subscription and just order DoorDash. (laughs) (laughs) Movie night every night. Yeah, no, we, I I joke about that. He's just very introverted. Um, No, we, we both like um, our backyard right now, like he's out, he's literally outside right now, cutting down trees and getting that to be like our dog's safe haven. Um, So a lot of it, I think that we both would agree that like house projects are both like number one for us right now. What's a house project? Like what's an example of a house project that you're excited about? Um, We would love to build, well, we are, um, we're currently investing in doing a fence around our property um, and having like a huge private backyard for a dog to just kind of run in. Um, And so that's definitely number one on our list. If we're not going to finish it this year, we will be finishing it next year. So yeah. And upgrade the fire pit in the backyard, anything like that? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, just like, I think that, um, yeah, we live in a really small town, but we live in the town. So we just kind of want our space where it's like no neighbors peeking into our backyard. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, you know, building a fence and then I would love to have like a flower garden and like an actual raised bed garden. Um, and that's something that we definitely have agreed on. It's just in the five-year plan versus like, it's a little chunk each year. Yeah. That's awesome. I love those. Yeah. yeah. It's such homesteading, like such small town. <laughs> it is such homesteading. Okay. So let's look at the big, bigger season, bigger, busier season of your year two wedding season. Okay. Yes. Um, I would love to have so business goal um i would cap it out at 20 weddings like that would be my absolute max any second shooting or no no i yeah i think that i want to allow myself to choose my couples that i work with Mm -hmm. yeah and having the process um in the client experience the way that i do it instead of the way that somebody else does yeah yeah. So is that about, that's about two weddings a month, right? Like a couple weekends off every month? 
Yeah, two, I would, I would love to have, um, either one weekend where it is family shoots, senior shoots, and then one weekend off a month where it is just me time. Yeah. Plus my husband, I guess we'll add him in there. (laughs) I was going to say like, why do you want that weekend off? Like, what is that? Why is that so important? Um, uh, in our town there, like during the week, there's not really many restaurants open, not many things to do. So I think that working every Saturday, um, and then editing every Sunday is kind of eating away at our like sacred family unit time. So having a weekend off where we can go on a weekend trip or go to the apple orchard down the road and that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And um, spending time with your family too, outside of just the two. Yeah. And his family too. His family, they're just a little bit further away. So I don't want to discount them because I do appreciate them. (laughs) Um, But yeah, we definitely would love to have at least one weekend off a month. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. It's, it's hard when you have a weekend based career. Because mm-hmm. the other thing I also see is it doesn't keep photographers from working during the week either. All of a yes. sudden, now you're just working every day a week. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And that's where so much, like before I really got into this business, I didn't realize how much I would be on my computer and like doing, I, I guess I just never crossed my mind that like every hour that I'm shooting is really like four hours of computer work. So yeah, um, yeah I think that that's... Yeah. <laughs> Is that part of the goal for next year is to work towards maybe outsourcing some of that? Do you enjoy the time in front of the computer or do you want to let some of that go? I currently do have an editor that I work with, um, but I don't necessarily give as much off my plate as what I know I should. Okay. Yeah. Why Um, not? I (laughs) I think a lot of it just comes down to like the dollar value of... Um, for my, this year, I did not write in that expense into my cost of doing business. Um, next year I did though. So I know that I will be able to do that next year without the constant like anxiety of like not having that bottom line number. But yeah, I think that that's where it stems from. Is it going to be hard to hold yourself to that boundary of outsourcing your editing? No. No. It's one of, no, my editor is literally one of my best friends. So Um, we have a great relationship and I don't think that that would be like, it's not a control thing of like, like, I know that she truly does as probably better job than I would. (laughs) So I think that it really just comes down to needing that bottom line number of like what I need to pay my bills and put in my retirement account and then building up from that. Yeah. Okay, cool. So outsourcing, editing, anything else that you hate doing in your business that you would love to ideally outsource, even if it's not this next year, but maybe the year after? No, I think that, yeah, I love what I do. I truly love having the people relationship. Um, I don't even automate my emails just because I want that personal touch of like knowing who I'm talking to and who I'm working with. And I know that that's like what people automatically do, like just automate your emails. And like, no, like I want that control of knowing that my couples are fitting in with my values and like fitting on the same level. So I think that other than editing, I, I don't think I can foresee myself really outsourcing anything at this scale. Obviously, if I go into mentorships or anything of that sort, um, it would be a little bit different. 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Uh, personal and relational goals and during wedding season? Um, personal goals, I think allowing myself to not feel guilty if I put my computer down on those weekends that I have set aside. I think that that's just a lot of my self self growth of like knowing that everything is covered, even if I'm not working. And then relationship goals is just, I think it's very similar of just allowing that like unplugged connection time with whether that's family or friends or whoever it's with. Um, but just allowing that to not feel guilty and not stay up late doing stuff. Like the amount of time that I'm like staying up until 3am, like, why am I doing this to myself? <laughs> like, come yeah. on, come on. Yeah. So just setting those boundaries and holding myself accountable when I don't stick to them is huge. Is there anything that makes it easier to unplug? Like I know for me, um, going out in nature or having something planned that's outside of my house helps me not be like when I'm at home, I'm just like, time to work, babe, you know, but like, yeah. is there anything that helps you kind of flow into that easier? Um, I don't know if I've really found it yet. I think, um, yeah, other than truly just leaving my phone inside, I don't think that I've really found that like exact formula yet. Just because when I am outside, then it's like, I want to take a photo of this, you know, so (laughs) putting it on airplane mode probably would be the best compromise, but still. (laughs) Yeah. Or do you ever shoot film? Maybe playing around with like um, personal work film could be fun because then you can't look back at it and you can't edit it afterwards, you know? (laughs) Um, I've tossed around the idea. Um, I think that with both my husband and I being in the photography industry, um, it's a little bit more of like, we both are like, oh, that would be such a pretty picture. Like, oh, that'd be a cool video. So, um, I think we both have too similar of a mindset of like wanting that like memory captured, which is great, but also, (laughs) yeah, I don't know. Um, I think that I have not gone into film just because we don't have any film labs around here. Mm -hmm. Um, But I've looked at the Fujifilm, like the digital simulation cameras. um, And that's on my to be bought list for this year. If I hit my goal and have that extra. So. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, most, most towns don't have a film lab. I ship mine. To, there's a bunch of different ones in the U.S., but um, I've, I've shipped mine all over the U.S., but I was finding in different seasons of my life where I was really having a hard time being present. Sometimes having even just a film point-and-shoot camera that you mail off, it's like you still get to get the photo, but then, you know, you, you have to just set it down after, you know, and be where yeah. you are or whatever. Some of that was just a good practice for me. And then I love the way that film looks in the end. So it's a little like Christmas present when you get it back from the film lab too. Yeah, that definitely is something that I've I've tossed around the idea of. I think I just got to bite the bullet and do it because I don't think that I'm going to actually unplug unless I do that. I just see you yeah. in your backyard with your cute flower garden and your yes. little film photos of what you're doing, you know? <laughs> yeah, I know. Exactly. And I think that like like being 30 like I didn't really get like a camera phone until I was in I think college I think I was like a freshman in college when I got my first like camera phone so like it's just so cool to be able to have these memories because I didn't have that growing up so I think that that's like the mindset shift of like I want to capture these memories yeah I don't know I feel you 
Yeah. I with it too. I struggle with it too. Cause I'm like, but I want the picture of my, my son is seven. I'm just like every minute matters. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know. And that's, it's just such, I think that that's just a different mindset of like the millennial generation of like, we didn't grow up and have that. So like, we want that for the next generation. Yeah. And they're going to be like, like the college kids that I coach are like back to their film cameras and like, unplugged. I'm like, y'all, we just all keep cycling, you know, one generation to the next, it's just cycles. So. Yeah. Yeah. And like the uploading 150 photos onto Facebook after a night at the bar. I'm like, wow. Yes. <laughs> okay. Well, let's look at the numbers now. Cause now that we kind of okay. know why, why we're doing all of it, what it's going to look like. We need the 20 weddings. What do you need to make to make this happen? Um, so my mindset is at like, ideally everything is covered. My, um, bills are covered as well as like retirement account taxes, all of that good stuff. If I make 75 K a year, um, not net, obviously that's gross. (laughs) Um, I think that that's what I have in my mind. Um, and then I've broken that down into like averaging about $2,500 per wedding. And then, um, yeah, that's where I'm at for my okay. average wedding income, as well as my end goal number. Okay. Doing about $2,500 per wedding to get to seventy five. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Was that with any other revenue streams too? No, just because uh, everything else is so hit or miss. Um, I love doing families and I love doing seniors, but I don't love doing families and I don't love doing seniors. So I don't want to have to rely on those. It's really just if I have a free weekend that I know that I can run minis and then keep it open to whatever type of photography, then that'll be fine. But I think that, yeah, that's kind of where, yeah. And I know that that like the $2,500 doesn't add up to that just because I know that I do supplement with so many families and seniors and stuff throughout the year too. Okay. I was going to say, I was like, do we want, if you're doing 20 weddings, do you want what you're making per wedding to hit the 75? Because I think that is like a 3750 Yeah. So, um, and that's where I think this year, so my goal for this year is to add in, um, doing guest books with their engagement photos and then add in either albums or prints, which I haven't been doing. So, but with that, I have like this year, my average is $2,500 for the average wedding, but I have 26 weddings at that. So yeah. like I know that I'm going to hit the the seventy five dollar seventy five sorry I keep saying seventy five dollar seventy five k mark with just weddings alone and then supplement is going to be kind of like my fun money um in order to buy new gear or anything of that sort but yeah so you're kind of you're trying to keep kind of that same revenue goal but reduce how much you're working correct yeah and for next year my average wedding um is around three thousand great how booked are you for the year already next year i have eight booked already um and most of them are at that three thousand mark okay 
And that's um, what about is in a $3,000 package for you right now? Um, eight hours, uh, two photographers, and then the USB with their wedding photos. Okay. I think that that's like an oh, engagement session. Yeah. Okay. And in general, right now you're not doing too many upsells or it's kind of like that's the package. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not really doing anything um, for add-ons. The only thing that has been added on is a rehearsal. A couple people have done rehearsal dinner coverage, but I do not have any like product add-ons. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Well, this is exciting. All right. Well, let's, you ready to pull up your pricing together? Yeah. A little yeah. bit of workshopping. I have it. If you don't have it and I can pull it up. Let's see right here. Yeah. Right. And that's my most updated. Great. So weddings 2024. 20, and tell me this package right here. It says coverage includes eight hours, continuous wedding day coverage two photographers and the USB and engagement session. Engagement yeah. session. Okay, cool. When people are hopping in, that's what they're booking generally. Yes. I would say 90% of my couples choose that package. Okay. Cool. Then tell me about this package. Um, so that's my uh, budget package where it's just one professional photographer, but they're still getting the engagement session. Um, my my selling point of having the engagement session included is like, I want to meet them before the day of and make sure it's a good fit. Mm -hmm. um, and as well as kind of a marketing tactic, because no other photographer in my area actually does that. No one else includes the engagement session. Nope. Okay. Unless they book a 12 hour, if they book a 12 hour package, then it's included. But other than that, does anyone ever say we want to book this, but we don't want the engagement session? Yes, but I don't actually take money off. Okay. So, cause it's complimentary. You can do it or you don't have to, it's up to you. Good. I'm glad you're doing that already. I know yeah. that's the, okay. And then you have a la carte. So that package we just talked about was six hours. And first package was eight hours is $29.50. Second yeah. package is six hours is $22.50. And they both include an engagement session. Yes. And then tell me about your a la carte listing. So um, extra time, $300 an hour if they book it before the wedding day. If they make me stay on the actual wedding day, it's in my contract that it's $500 per hour. And they have to pay that within 24 hours. Okay. Um, and then guest book, I want to start adding those with their engagement session. Um, my cost, I think, is around $60 to make that um, with 10 spreads, I believe. Um, might be five spreads. I don't know. I'd have to double check that. But um, so that's obviously upcharged rehearsal add-on, um, $500 plus the travel. If they add that on, it's about three hours of photo coverage. And then um, travel, meaning that they have to pay for my hotel room. Okay. Uh, second shooter, that's if they want to book the six-hour package, but add a second shooter. Okay. Um, so it's $500 making that like $27.50. And most of the time at that point, they're just going to upgrade to the eight-hour package. Okay. Um, travel fees, anything more than a half-hour drive of my house. Um is $250 and not just blanket coverage if I have to do a hotel room or anything of that. The only time that that is different is if it's out of New York State or okay. down in New York City. But that's only one wedding. <laughs> um, and then 
yeah, that's pretty much, I think it, the rest is really just like what to do next and stuff. So, okay, yeah. Great. And are you using this pricing for weddings anywhere or just the one, like, are you sending any pre- different pricing if someone's getting married in New York city or is it the same? So I had one person inquire about a New York city wedding, um, but it was an elopement. And I, so I kind of made that be its own proposal. It ended up being, I think I have it booked for four hours at $3,300. Okay. So it's like half the amount of coverage, but it's mainly just travel fees. And I was like, it costs $3,300 to get to New York city. I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I know. And that's where it's like, if they want to pay that great. Um, but if they don't, then there are plenty other photographers between me and New York city. (laughs) Totally. Yeah. Okay, cool. So it sounds like our main goal is just to increase the price per like per client, like the investment per client. Yeah. And some ways you've already brainstormed doing that is offering products, offering rehearsal dinner coverage. Do you have any other things that you're like, what are some ways we could do this? Yeah, no. And that's where I think I'm getting stuck because I, I don't know how to... I'm not necessarily sure I'm doing the best at marketing that um of the aspect of like having your engagement photos be a table you know coffee table book with everyone signed on like i just i'm that's i think where my disconnect is is like i'm saying it in my like wedding client guide but i'm not necessarily pushing it from a marketing standpoint okay yeah yeah okay well, cool. Well, are you cool if we do a little workshopping of your price? Yeah, for sure. With some new packages? Yeah, 100%. Awesome. Well, one thing I love to do when we're looking at pricing is to, you know, there's, we, we all get stuck on certain numbers when we see something. So when someone's looking at your, at your package, at your, um, your photography pricing, and they come down to this 2,900. Yeah. Most people that aren't in creative professions aren't going to imagine a bigger package than what you have listed in your pricing. So we kind of get to be the imagination for people. So when we have the only two things you have offered is the $29.50 package and the $22.50, it's going to be rare that someone spends more than that. So we want to build a couple bigger packages, even just as examples to show people what they could book. Okay. And I do, I do a lot of simplifying of this as well. And I know if you're listening on um, the podcast, you can you can watch this on YouTube, right? We'll have it on YouTube later, right, Allison? Uh, yeah. You, Allison's beautiful face. But um, it's just to maybe make this a lot more simple. So even though you're kind of explaining all the things that go into eight hours, I may take a lot of this information about the details, the getting ready, the first look, the ceremony. I may take that out. And okay. To be eight hours of wedding coverage, two photographers, engagement session, USB of final images, and just make it real nice and clean. Okay. Um, but I would recommend building a couple more packages, and we can do this together here, just to show people an example of what they could want. Because a lot of times, you know, people haven't gotten married before, they don't know what they need. They're coming yeah. to us, and we get to be the guide that's like, Hello, welcome to the wonderful world of weddings that we are a part of. Here's what you need to know. Here's what is going to make your day absolutely stunning. 
Um, and it's really a service to show them all their options instead of being like, and I don't think you're doing this, but I know a lot of us are like, here's my base package. Like, do you want it? You know, instead of being like, but let's do this. And we kind of create something that has a lot more involved in it. So yeah. you want to build something like that with me? Yeah, for sure. Are you thinking, um, so like my mindset of like listing that out is just because a lot of times my couples really don't know what eight hours entails. So should I move that more to like the wedding inquiry call versus my initial? Okay. If Are you doing a call with every couple? Uh, generally, yes. Then I would, I would move that to explaining it on the phone. Okay. Um, one thing that I love doing on a client call is to be like, okay, so here's what ideally you have as someone who's gotten married before, as someone who's walked a bunch of people through getting married, ideally you have these things in your wedding photography package. Like most people need eight hours and that's going to be, you know, about an hour before you get dressed through most of the reception stuff or whatever it is for you, but kind of like explain what that is, explain what they're getting. Um, and then kind of paint a picture of what they, they could have as part of your service. Okay. So let's, let's make a dream package together. Okay. Um, let's get a little nostalgic. So this isn't just like how much could we make someone spend? This is like, what are they going to be sad if they don't have in 10 years? Like, okay. We're thinking, they're thinking about money now, but in 10 years, they're just going to be thinking about how they should have done this, you know? Yeah. I really think that like the 10 hour mark is what like all encompassing. Anything beyond that is just kind of exhausting for my own self. And I want to keep that. Yeah. Yeah. Why would they need 10 hours? Like, what are you going to be able to do in 10 hours that you can't do in eight hours? Um, I think allowing more time at the front end to have like those fun candid like pajama photos and like really being like more fun versus like okay we got five minutes let's get this done because hair and makeup was running late I think that that would allow for that to happen yeah and that's when you're explaining your packages too like I can already tell you're good at your inquiry calls but lean into that of like hey Worst thing in the world is if you feel rushed or feel like you're just on a day-long photo shoot on your wedding day. Yes. If you book this 10-hour package, you get to take more time in the morning. We get to get more of those like early morning getting ready photos. You hanging out with your girls and hanging out with guys, whatever, you know, like we have that time together and you want to not feel rushed, you know? Yeah. I I think that that's where I, I rush myself just to not have them feel rushed. And I think that that's where ideally 10 hours would not have me rush. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Um, And it would also allow like my couples throw great parties and like having that captured without it feeling like before everyone kind of like lets their guard down with a camera flash in their face, like every once in a while. I think that that would allow for more time at the end point too of like when they're having fun dancing and joking around with their family and friends. Yeah. 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 And you just brought up something that's really important is that we're basing your packages, your pricing packages on your ideal client. Yeah. Like my ideal client that throws a big ass party and wants to dance all night. 
yours does too. And to get the work that you want to do, you can't be like doing a six hour day on a norm on a normal wedding. You know, you're just not going to get everything for them. Yeah, for sure. And I think that that's where I think that that allows for that having just more time and end of night. Do you do they do sparkler exits and things like that in New York? I feel like it's a very um, location based thing if you do an exit or not at the end of the night. Yeah, a lot of times my couples will do a sparkler entrance after their sunset photos into the reception to start the party. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Okay. So ideally, this is our this is our ideal package. 10 hours, more time for morning, getting ready, reception, coverage, all the fun moments. What else do you think they need? Yeah, I think that um 10 hours I I wholeheartedly think that complimentary engagement sessions, like I don't want to budge on that. Like that's not like, I don't have a money value towards that. Um, and a lot of times if they book me for just their engagement session, it turns into a wedding client. So engagement sessions are huge in my eyes. Um, I also ideally would love to have the, um, engagement photo guest book built into that package for people to sign it yeah photos yeah or like on the same having that as like either a guest book or a coffee table book okay um kind of this or that kind of choice for them um and then the customized usbs that's definitely something that i have loved doing Previously, I did it as if they left a review on Google or Facebook for me, they got a customized USB. And it was just such great feedback that I'm like, okay, I got to just add this into packages. I love that. Um, And the idea of giving them a little boost if they do that for you too. Yes, for sure. For sure. Um, But yeah, I think that that would be my top, what I would want them to have. What about, do they need anything else physical from their wedding? Ideally, this is our ideal package here. Like, what are they going to want in 10 years? Um, ideally, they're going to want a photo album, but like that is like the monetary value on that is something that I am very nervous about. Um, just because like they are expensive for me as well as adding in my time of designing it. Like my couples, a lot of them are just going to say, okay, nope, I can do this myself and kind of build it themselves. So like, Ideally, I would love to be able to build that in, but I also know that that might shove it over top of and making it too expensive for my ideal clients. Okay. Yeah. Um, Have you looked into some different album company options that might be able to keep the cost a little lower? Yeah, I've priced out four different companies and it's really just, they're so minimally different cost comparison for the spreads that like it just yeah because I want like the guest book is a different like that's not the big chunky ones those are more of like the actual like photo book size and then for the actual like photo albums that I would love to be able to to push and eventually go into is more of the the thicker ones so it's like a cost of the photo guest books it's like $60 on my end versus like 210 for the actual like thick ones so that's where it gets hesitant on me like my couples would pay 200 dollars for it but i don't know if they would pay six okay yeah let's put it if you don't mind let's put it in here for now yeah um as kind of the ideal and we can figure out 
how to um, communicate the value of it. Because even in even in rural areas, even in areas where we want to keep the cost down for people, I think in general, when you can communicate the value of something, you can communicate how much time they're saving by letting you design it. You can communicate how much longer it's going to last than if they make one at Walgreens. And 90% of people, once they get the digitals, aren't going to make their own album anyways. So you're making sure they have the physical representation of their wedding in 10 years. I think a lot of it comes down to us communicating the value versus can someone afford it? And that's not every case, but I think in a lot of cases, that's true. Yeah, I think that that, I think that there's um, a lot of truth to that of like me just not wanting to be salesy. Yeah. 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 But what makes the difference between being salesy and being helpful? It's a fine line. There is <laughs> it, it, there is a fine line between those two standpoints. Yeah. I think that it's really just the mindset of like, I know that you guys are going to want this, but like the the non-confidence in myself of being like, just let me do it for you for X amount of dollars versus like, you're going to do it 10 years down the road because it's something that you want to show to your kid now that they're like six years old at this point. Yeah. I mean, I think you have to think in terms of the relational value it brings, all the moments of people looking over the book, the time value it brings by them saving, having to do it themselves. Most people don't know how to design the photos to look the best in an album anyways, you know? So like you're helping them have the best version of their wedding story. Um, So some of it is just our own coaching and hearing it from someone else too, of saying like, this is really valuable. You're helping your client a lot by getting this. And really, I think we, a lot of us have to reframe how we think about sales too. This is already someone working with you. They want you to sell to them, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. They've already, they've already said yes to me. So like stop second guessing myself. (laughs) They've already said yes to you. Exactly. 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 The time we feel icky about salespeople is when like the 50 cold calls I get from like spam numbers every single day of people with stuff I don't want to buy. Like if someone that if my doctor is like, hey, you know, if you took this supplement, you'd feel a million times better. I'm like, yeah, let me give you my money. You know, if my therapist is like, hey, go to this retreat that I'm putting on because it would be really great for you. I'd be like, let's go, you know? So it's like, we we want that. We want to be invited to things. We want to be told what we should get um, by the people that we trust and that we're working with. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely true. I think that that comes back to the mindset shift of like what I need to like mindset shift with. Yeah, Yeah. totally. Okay, let's go through the rest of this. So- um, does this feel like ideally what people want right now? We have 10 hours, complimentary engagement, engagement, photo, guest book, album, and a customized USB. And I'm assuming like um, the high res images. Yeah. That. Yeah. Um, and they still, they still have the high res in the online gallery too. Cause I think that that is beneficial. Yeah. And it's something I would already do. So. Okay, cool. This feels like a good, like, I'm not saying this is your base package. I'm saying this is the one you want to direct people towards. Yeah. I think that that would feel good for like, that's what I would want people to want. Yeah. Yeah. Let's assume everyone wants it, Allison. (laughs) Why are we deciding they don't want it? This is the one day they're getting married. Of course they want it. Yeah. No, I know. It's really, it's really just the mindset of like, wanting to throw up of knowing that that's going to cost X amount of dollars and it and like asking people to like entrust that in me is like terrifying. 
Okay, but yeah. it's in you, but it's in them. <laughs> it's in them. Yeah. You know, this is in their story. Yeah, for sure. For sure. No, it's it's a huge investment into their own memories in their own recollections. And like so many times we're taking a photo of the last, like the last living great photo of somebody. Like I know the value in having it. It's just like marketing that. Uh, You know, I think embodying our own pricing is one of the hardest things we have to deal with as photographers, because I think for a long time, we, um, we attach, we're like, oh, this is saying something about my own value of, I can't claim to be this or I can't charge this because somehow it reflects on, I think I'm so great. This is how much I cost or whatever. And we a little bit have to detach ourselves from that of we are kind of channeling this story for someone else. We're there. We're part of it, but we're not the only part of it. Yeah. Yeah. And you for know sure. those other aspects of the value that you're bringing to, like, you know it. Um, yeah. Having a little bit of that separation between you and a number. Yeah. I think that that's where I'm, I'm thinking about it so much of like myself in this business versus business. Yeah. Yeah. And earlier we were looking at to hit your goals of 20 weddings to cut down on the time. So you can have one weekend, one nice weather weekend every month with your family and people you care about. We got to do 20 weddings and financial goals. We got to average 37.50. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I got to up it like $800, which is not that much. Like in the grand scheme of things, it's really not that much. It's just figuring that out. Yeah. Yeah. Does this package feel like the 700 or 370? What am I saying? 3,750 package? Or what do you think? I would think so, but I also would then have to back out like the cost of the album and the cost of the guest book. So that would put it down to like realistically like $3,400 take home because that would be around 350 ish for those like products. So as much as this like makes me want to throw up, I would think that it would be more like $3,950. Cool. Let's do it. She's like, (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, if anybody is watching this, like seeing my face, like the sheer panic. Anyways, hopefully you can't tell in my voice. (laughs) You're doing great. This is perfect. Okay. 3950. I think that makes a ton of sense. You're getting so much in this package. It needs to be like where you're not going to resent showing up to do all this. You're not going to resent ordering that album where you're just like, I feel really good about making this for this package. I would resent it if it's more than 10 hours. I think that 10 hours is my max. I've done, I've done plenty of 10 hour weddings. Um, I would also resent it if I'm double booked after a 10 hour wedding. So I need to like, not, not like back to back wedding on a 10 hour wedding day. So yeah. Yeah. But that, I think that that realistically that feels good. Okay. Yeah. Let's say, let's say no double booking, right? Um, we say that. And then one of my best friends gets married on a Friday and I would rather be a photographer than a bridesmaid. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's the only time I ever really double book is when it's, um, a friend or a fellow photographer getting married. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Okay. I'm going to push you one step farther. Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
<laughs> this is what we call an anchor package, which is everything you could possibly offer in a package that kind of creates, it creates the, um, the draw to the middle package. So if this one here, the 10 hours with an engagement, a book and a album, if this is kind of what we're, what we're telling people on the sales call, this is what you need. Yeah. If you don't have the budget for that. We have these other options, but this is ideally what all my clients have. Okay. Right here, our little golden, golden girl package. Then we also need to create an anchor package, which is going to kind of send people to that nice package there. Okay. The only thing that I'm looking back now at the 10 hours, um, I forgot to add a second shooter in there. Okay. What's your cost for a second shooter? Um, depends on if it's my husband or if it's somebody else. You want to just so say husband? generally, yeah. Um, usually about $50 an hour. Okay. Is, is the average. All right. We're going to add second shooter in here. Okay. And we can either do this on the call or, um, after we hop off, but just like double checking the numbers and your cost and that by adding these things in, we're still at a good price point. Yeah. In my head, we still are. Yeah. Because I wouldn't have them there for the 10 hours. So it's not like it would be. Right. Yeah. They'd probably only be there for five of those. So generally it's 250 to 300 depending on. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. All right. Let's make our anchor package. So we know we're not going above 10 hours. We know we want the second shooter. We know we want the engagement session and an album and the USB and the high res. What else could this person need? So is this more of the the budget option or is this like... This is the big kahuna. This is everything you offer. Oh my gosh. Okay. Slash, I know some of these things you're not offering yet. So this is everything you will conceptually be offering next year. (laughs) Um, I'd love to do prints. Um, So I would probably say like a... $300 or whatever X amount of dollar print credit. Great. I love it. Um, And then um, album as well as the, I'd probably add in the guest book in that too. Okay. It's looking a lot like my other package we just built. Yeah. What else (laughs) are we going to add to it? Do you want to move on some suggestions? Yeah. Okay. I love adding rehearsal dinner coverage to these packages. Oh, Yeah. Okay, like so more that. of a wedding weekend. Yes. And you even can do... So I don't know why my little boxes are being weird. But you even can offer wedding weekend coverage as your anchor package. It's up to you. But I love offering this because it's like... Because you can be like, okay, this includes brunch. This includes a welcome party if they have it. Or includes rehearsal dinner coverage. Um, even in your, if you're in your head, you're like, my clients aren't going to need that yet. Like, you never know. This is kind of... Is kind of your, um, again, it's your anchor package. So, but for now, yeah. let's rehearsal dinner coverage. So you get the two days and then let's add two parent albums. Okay. How's that sound? Yeah. Anything think- else that people in your area tend to like, like um, our bridal sessions, a thing people do there? No, mainly because um, we're a totally different world up here. We really only have like two or three bridal shops and we need more DJs, more hair and makeup people. Like there's not really like trials. There's not really that stuff. So it's kind of hard to say um, like, yeah, a lot of times when I had lived previously in, in a city, we were doing those because it was like, 
we had hair and makeup people to no end and here it's like we don't so um i think that unrealistic expectations of that being a thing yeah even if i marketed it hard i don't think that that would be a thing yeah no yeah. you got to you got to stick with what you know you know your people better than yeah. i so the only thing that i'm thinking of that i've done is an anniversary session um that yeah, and adding that automatically in um, of having like on their first anniversary or a couple weeks before their first anniversary doing a session. I love that. Yeah. Okay. Looking at this package, we've got 10 hours, second shooter, engagement session, album, high res images, $300 print credit, guest book, engage for the engagement session, rehearsal dinner, two parent albums, anniversary session. What do you think we should price this at? Oh my gosh. Like, my mortgage for a year. Um, <laughs> I realistically, I, I don't necessarily know off the top of my head what that would actually cost out of pocket for the albums and the print credit. Okay. Um, I would probably say it's somewhere in the fives. Yeah. Cause let's say if both parent out, al- if the albums are 200 each, that's 600, 300 for the print credit, 900 second shooter 300 so you're like 1200 about in cost yeah i mean the print credit would probably be more realistically that would be after the upcharge so i would say that that like cost for me would be 100 but at that point it's like mm-hmm. then i could do that into the it would be 200 for an anniversary session or an engagement session if i were to put a monetary value on it so okay i would realistically say around 5500 i think that that makes a lot of sense what if we do 5750? Yeah, I love it. I love doing a 50 because it just feels more. <laughs> Me too. Does it um well I always say your anchor package should scare you a little bit. Oh, that terrifies me. Okay. I I know that I would never be able to afford either of those packages for my own wedding. Yeah. And I think that that's the scariest mindset. Can you do you think you can come to accept people spending more than you you would be able to afford on your wedding? Oh, for sure. Yeah. It takes a second though, right? (laughs) Yeah. No, I definitely think that that like knowing now what I knew two years ago when I got married, like that would be like, ideally if I was to do a big wedding all over again, like I would have to pay one of these packages because I would want all this stuff. So I think that that would be, this is terrifying seeing those numbers though. (laughs) Well, remember I'm not kicking out your other pricing yet. Your eight hour package your six hour package. I may say, what do we feel about boosting it up a little bit, but that is totally up to you. But I think if you are wanting to, if your main goal is to increase the amount per booking, a great way to do this before raising all your prices across the board is just working on moving more of your clients into a higher tier package. Yeah. So they still, and just remember when you get scared, they still have options. They don't have to book your biggest package. You can still book a smaller one. But when we don't offer it to our clients... They don't know what they don't know. Yeah. They don't know what they don't know. And statistically, there's a larger percentage than we think of people already in our business who would spend more if we gave them the chance. Correct. Yeah. I wholeheartedly agree with that. All right. Does this feel good? <laughs> oh my gosh, you're gonna get your you're gonna get your goal with your 20 weddings just by getting this average package. I'm so yeah. excited for you. 
Yeah. If that was, if I could move that to my average package or even like somewhere in between where I'm at right now and that, then it would be a no brainer to like not have to stress. And there's no reason to stress, but just knowing that I don't have to stress. Yeah. 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 Well, exciting. Well, thank you for doing this live with me. You've been such a good sport. Thank you. I appreciate this. This is so eye-opening. Like, I know that it's like terrifying. Like my face is just there. The, just the wheels are turning. <laughs> <laughs> so I have, I have one question though. If I yes. um keep my brochure, but move it more to like the skeleton of like what's included in the package, should I be putting like two packages on each page? Should I put all of them on one page? I just don't want to be overwhelming to the viewer. So like, what would be your thoughts on that? I would, I would simplify them again and then see how, how they fit in a way that doesn't feel overwhelming. Okay. Maybe a couple packages per page. I have all of mine on one page, but mine's very, very simple. You know, like what's here, you know, this one package up here, the next one, the next one, the next one. Um, kind of like a, a menu at a nice restaurant, you know? Okay. Yeah. Uh, so just work towards simplifying it. And then I think like if you can keep it to one or two pages, that ends up working better for most people. Okay, perfect. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. I think mine is a little bit overwhelming right now at the, the way it is. <laughs> it's easy to do. It's easy to do. All right. Well, thank perfect. you so much for being on the podcast and for doing this live with all of us. I know that it's going to be super encouraging for tons of people. So um, y'all make sure you check out Allison Atkins. She's Allison Lee Photography. And um, we'll see you again next time.